Hello and welcome once more to a Hot Sheet podcast with Jeff and Josh. If you're hearing this now, the new Hot Sheet has dropped, as all the cool kids say. Why did I say it? Who knows? I'm neither cool nor a kid. Uh, and we're going to discuss the latest Hot Sheet going on in baseball, what it was going on in the minor leagues, and anything else that comes to mind before the Zoom meeting ends. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing out in uh, Massachusetts? I'm not doing too bad, Josh. Not doing too bad. It's ready to get into some hot sheet minks with you. Oh, yeah. They are minks. They are doing minkery. Um, so let's just get right into it. Like the top guy this week was Xavier Warren. And I think it's kind of funny. Like a scout called me about him earlier this year and was like, What do you think of him? And I was like, I honestly don't, I hadn't thought much about him. I saw him a little bit with Carolina last year. He's like, yeah, he can hit a little bit, but he's not showing any power. Well, he's he's figured that out and is starting to show power. What did you uh, write about Mr. Warren? Uh, what's the Warren report? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, uh, Warren is funny because harking back a few years, like I, I remember when he was playing in the Cape League as a third baseman uh, – next to uh, Alika Williams and alongside uh, top 100 prospect Alec Burleson and uh, former uh, highly touted draft prospect a few years ago, Judd Fabian. Uh, so it's kind of funny to think about him as a third baseman. I can remember scouts actually talking about his athleticism, his ability to play a few different positions, the arm, and the fact that they thought he might uh, be a best fit at catcher. Um, so he had a, a huge week this week. Um, you know, like you said, had a had a, a fairly large or pronounced power surge, um, where you know he actually uh, let me pull up the exact numbers here. Had three homers this week, um, but also five doubles and a pair of triples. So the extra base hits came. Um, it's kind of interesting though, like digging into the year long numbers, um, there's definitely contact, there's approach, uh, but he hasn't had great results. And I think a lot of it is due to that lack of power and impact, uh, a lot of ground balls too. So, um, an interesting player, like I've always thought a really good athlete, like interesting athlete, just in terms of all the different things that he can do and his versatility, but, um, my man Xavier needs to hit a little bit more. Maybe this week will be the jumping off point and we'll save his season with a uh, strong stretch run down, down the, the uh, end of the year here. And I'll note too, that he is uh, this year uh, playing a lot more third base. Like he's playing almost exclusively third base. He's not. Is he back at third exclusively? Uh, almost. He's played okay. five games, six games at first base, 83 at third base. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, he hasn't caught all. He hasn't caught since last year. Oh damn! Well, there you go. I guess he's no longer a catcher. No. Now they have Jefferson Cuero up there. Uh, after he just got promoted last week for or at the end of the week for from the the Mudcats. Now they got the new look Mudcats down here. Uh, the first guy I wrote up on the hot sheet this week was Andrew Painter of Lakewood, who. You know, he really doesn't doesn't really live up to his name. He does not paint. He just blows it by guys, which is, you know, ob arguably better. You know, he went seven innings, which is because he was pitching in a back to a doubleheader with Mick Abel at the front. 
seven innings. Uh, I believe it was shut out, 11 strikeouts, and he just blew it by Hudson Valley all day. Upper 90s fastball, nasty little breaker, and he's had a lot of success since moving to high A. And if everything goes right, I will see him this Saturday. So I'm excited because they're in Greensboro. So I will see the claws and get some sweet slow-mo video of Andrew Painter and possibly Mick Abel. Uh, but yeah, he has had a great week and he's had an excellent year. And there's a reason he's the Phillies top prospect. The next guy I wrote about was Mr. Electric himself, Ellie De La Cruz. And if you didn't see the highlight this past week of his first of two home runs, it was an inside the park home run with an error that cannot be charged as an error because it's not a real error, more as a, mis a miscalculation on the infield's part. It's a long ball to center field, bounds off the base of the wall, uh, center fielder gets it, throws it into the shortstop. Shortstop kind of lollipops it to the third base, who's, third baseman who's just going to throw it to the mound. And when he saw, when Ellie saw that lollipop, he and his six, seven, six, six, whatever it is, frame and his long legs said, it's go time. And he made a mad dash toward home plate. And, you know, it, since he's so big, it only takes him like 12 strides to get home and slid across for an inside the park home run. If you, if you get a chance, go check out the Reds player development account. I think it's Reds on the rise or something. Uh, there's good video of it. Uh, the broadcaster does it justice. He is a special fun player and there's really no more perfect example than that home run he hit <clears throat> earlier or, or last week jeff you also wrote about uh let's see who else did you write about jeff uh adrian shades tell me about adrian shades shades you're making it you're making it sound like sound like shade it's like the, i am it's the sweetest taboo when it comes out of your mouth um, <laughs> yeah, so Adrian uh, Shaidez was a former UCLA uh, reliever that um, I don't think they use correctly because now he's in pro ball and he's better than he was in college. And <laughs> he was an arm that uh, that stuck out to me when I was uh, down actually at uh, the Astros spring training facility uh, back in March. So way back before the beginning of the season. Um, really interesting pitch shapes. He's got two different breaking balls that are, are have some power on him and interesting movement profiles. He throws a pretty good changeup. Uh, and his fastball, you know, it, it's got some ride. Um, it's got some power. It typically sits like two to four. He'll get it up to like 96 or so. Um, really more of one of these hybrid sort of pitching prospects that the Astros and Rays, among others, have had in, in recent years. And what I mean by that is he's one of these guys that they piggyback and starts. Uh, so he'll go four or five. He may come on in relief and do that. He might start and do that. He did both last week. I think he had a, a four or five inning start and then a four or five inning relief appearance. Um, but he's pretty good. You know, uh, now that he's he's throwing consistent strikes and and showing the variety of pitch shapes and sort of movement uh, uh, velocity bands that he has I really think he's an interesting arm here going forward and uh kudos to the Astros is you know they did a pretty good job last year I think we're seeing of uncovering um I guess some some underrated pitchers and prospects in last year's draft it 
it almost feels like they're later round guys and NDFAs from the last two classes have been better than their first couple of picks in like Whitaker and Santos. Uh, in some cases they have. So uh, I think he's a really interesting arm. I don't know what he is, but I feel like I've been saying that about Astros pitching prospects for the last several years. Like, I don't know what Christian Javier is. And then Christian Javier is, you know, I still don't know what Christian Javier is, but he's a, he's a, I don't know what he is in the major leagues contributing to a playoff team. So <laughs> you know what he is, to Jeff? figure out where, you know, what the, the, the development path is for these guys, whether they are sort of that. that well, I know what he is middle starter or not, you know, he's a big leaguer. That's what he there is. There you go. And I know what time it is. It's time for an ad break. So we're going to take an ad break right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. What I love about using Indeed is how it does a lot of that organizational work for me. I can sort through candidates. I can respond to them. I can schedule interviews all through Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses, including Baseball America, that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Just go to Indeed.com slash Baseball America right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Baseball America. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so deeper into this list, we are going to talk about um, a guy. We're going to transition into baby stuff we're going to see this week. Uh, Emiliano Teodo, who I, I hope to see either, again, either this week or next. Uh, down East is in Fayetteville, and then Down East is back in Down East uh, the next week. But he, when he dominates, boy, does he dominate. He's had two starts. This, this past week was a five-inning Leave no hit, one walk, 10 punch outs. And he had an identical start like two months ago, five innings, no hits, one walk, 10 punch outs. Um, so I hope to see him this week uh, at Fayetteville. But, you know, he throws really hard, has a really nice breaking pitch, and the, sl- uh, the changeup flashes too. He's one of the higher upside uh, lower level arms for Texas. And he's, you know, he's, well, if you're hearing this now, you're either you either know where he ranks on the Rangers updated 30 or are just about to find out where he ranks on the Rangers updated 30. Mystery, intrigue, and uncertain timing of podcast dropping all uh, coalescing into one wonderful sentence there. Um, but he's a really fun arm to watch, and I need to I need to see him a couple of, at least one more time before the year closes. I say that knowing full well that he's going to Hickory next year. And I'll have plenty of turns to see him next year as well. But, you know, sometimes that doesn't work out. Sometimes they get traded or whatever. So I want to see a little more Emiliano while I have the chance. Uh, 
Uh, Jeff, what are you planning to watch this week? I mean, I know I'm, I'm sure there's somehow some, some cape in your future, but there's only there's two. A, there's only three potential cape games left. I know there's, the a, there's finals. a finals. They uh, the congratulations to the Bourne Braves. They swept the Hyannis Harbor Hawks in the second round. They are back uh, and return to the finals once again, as they they did last year. They represented the Western Division last year, and uh, congratulations to the reigning uh cape cod league champions brewster whitecaps the eastern division champions born and brewster actually played in the finals last year we have a repeat of the finals here josh between uh the whitecaps and the braves and it's interesting because uh braves have a first year manager this year scott landers who actually is uh jamie shevchek uh the brewster manager's former assistant coach so it's uh, it's a battle of friends as well as as he had replaced Harvey Shapiro, who was uh, Bourne's longtime manager. Okay, okay, and then it sounds like you might have a new goat in town in Hartford. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that uh, we have Zach Veen was promoted to to Hartford. So um, yeah, potentially we'll we'll make a run out there this week or next. I I actually need to double check and, and make sure that they they're actually not even home i believe they're actually in somerset this week so the next time i could see them would be the following week against new hampshire Ooh, i'm sure you i'm sure you wouldn't mind matching up ricky tiedemann again versus zach veen I, i'm sure that would just really hurt your feelings no but i will say this like i'm actually interested in going today uh this this gentleman uh Maline is actually going today for New Hampshire, who's uh, also been pretty interesting. They have a bunch of really interesting arms uh, up there and up there in New Hampshire. Um, okay. And they got uh, they got Erie in town this week, so who knows? I mean, if if it if it shakes out correctly, I could potentially have Ricky Tiedemann versus uh, uh, Ty Madden, Wilmer Flores, or Ty or Madden. Wilmer Flores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mentioned I'm, I might see Mick Abel. I might see Andrew Painter. I'm trying to see Teodo. Uh, who else we got in here? Uh, Bowling Green is in Winston-Salem. Uh, and that's, oh, and Jacksonville is in Durham. So there's plenty of options around here. It's all a matter of what the pitching matchups look like. Um, but yeah, it could be an interesting week for the both of us now that you're just about free of Cape. And uh, we... We've got the most of the ranking season behind us. We've got a new top 100 up there. We're going to have new top 30s up there. Carlos, our our colleague, is out at the area code games, getting looked at 2023 draft guys. Uh, it's winding down, but heating up at the same time. Like there's, there's still some stuff going on. We're starting to hammer out Arizona Fall League Instructional League plans. We got some stuff going on, but not as much stuff as we had. So it's getting to be more the fun part and less the, uh, the crazy ranking season. Uh, yeah, the, the, yeah most, of, most of the crazy ranking season are behind us uh, until the handbook, which is the craziest of ranking seasons and the most um, you consequential know, of ranking seasons. The thing about handbook season, though, that, that's a little bit easier from my perspective is uh, the shape uh, doesn't change, you know. Um, and what I mean by that is every day, every week, 
the shape of different players seasons changes and mm-hmm. you're sort of you, you sort of have to catch up to that and there's so much information so many players within your own systems that you need to be able to cover we cover so many more systems during the uh, uh the in season as well that i'm almost sort of looking forward to like really honing in on my chapters getting those done proofing the other stuff aiding in certain areas but they're being sort of defined like seasons right like defined numbers this is what this guy did this is what this guy did well as opposed to it's still evolving because we have i mean what five six weeks still left in in the regular season Mm -hmm. um there's still a lot that can change. You know, somebody goes on, a, on an absolute heater here toward the end of the year. It could really change what the narrative around their season and how we discuss it just based on, you know, the performance at the end of the year and figuring some things out. Uh, it's also a great time to identify potential breakouts for next year of guys that do figure something out and, you know, maybe show that particular skill or ability over the course of those final, you know, four to six weeks. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time as it, as it, as it winds down and, uh, with trade deadline done, our top thirties done, Cape season done draft beyond us, futures game beyond us, that really crazy period from like the end of June until like the end of July is finally past us. And I feel like I'm finally sort of, sort of unburying and starting to, to catch up a little bit. Okay. That's, that's more or less how I feel too. It's. You can breathe a little easier and <laughs> it's always fun, but sometimes there's more fun than you can fit in a, a day. Um, for Jeff in Massachusetts, I'm Josh in Raleigh for the bear and parrot hot sheet podcast. Thanks everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>